Welcome back to another episode of the Between the Mics podcast. I'm your host, Ty Ferguson, and uh, joining me tonight again, Austin Smith. So Austin, good to have you back on. Yeah, good to be back. So we are coming to you tonight to break down this upcoming Saturday's matchup against the Florida Gators, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I know it's kind of shunned to call it that in a lot of social circles these days, but that's the way I still refer to it. So obviously... The Florida game every year is the one you circle as a Georgia fan. It's our biggest rival. It's the one that gives us the most bragging rights. Um, the last few years, and honestly the last 10 years or so, probably the winner of this game usually goes on to win the East and play for the SEC championship. So it's going to be a big matchup in Jacksonville this Saturday, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, if you look like since 2007, it's been three teams that have won the SEC East. It's been Georgia, Florida, and for, there for like a brief like three-year window, South Carolina was in real contention. But mm-hmm. typically every year, it's Georgia and Florida. Tennessee has kind of, since 2007, fallen back a pedigree. They're trying to climb their way back up, and it seems like they're going to. Mm-hmm. But this is the cream of the crop when it comes to the SEC East. Yeah, sure. absolutely. So obviously Georgia um, coming off a much-needed bye week last week. Um, so far this season, just to talk about the season to date, Georgia, 7-0. and I mean, best defense in the country. Really productive offense, scoring around 40 points a game, running the ball well, throwing the ball well, keeping it mixed up. I mean, you got to be happy with what you've seen so far from Georgia on both sides of the ball and just to the season to date. I mean, we came into the season knowing and thinking that it could be a special season. And, I mean, so far to this point, it's been nothing but. I mean, we're the number one ranked team in the country, um, provided we handle business against Florida on Saturday will be the number one ranked team in the first playoff poll next um, Tuesday night. So, I mean, ultimately, our ultimate goal, of course, is to be number one at the end of the season, as Kirby said when he was asked about his thoughts on being number one last week. So, to this point in the year, I mean, there's not a whole lot to complain about as a Georgia fan, other than just overall health of the team. Yeah, I was about to say the injury bug has been, I mean, you you couldn't tell by the results on the field. I mean, and I'm sure if you're not a fan of Georgia, you might not realize, but just we've been ravaged by injury at a lot of our position groups. We thought wide receiver is going to be probably one of our biggest strengths coming into the year. And although they have performed very well, especially Mm -hmm. like an incoming freshman like Ladd McConkie, but I mean, we've had Pickens out, Burton out, Kyrus out, uh, Rosemey out, Blaylock out, and... I mean, that's why we've had these freshmen stepping up is because we've been ravaged there. I mean, Kenny's been out in the running game. Uh, defensive back, you know, we were then going into the year, and then we lose Chris Smith, uh, and it seems like he might be coming back this week. And then you also uh, lose Taiki as soon as he starts getting coming back to the field. So despite the results on the field, I mean, you wouldn't be able to – you wouldn't be able to notice uh, if you were an outside fan, but – and we've just really been eaten up so bad this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously Pickens hasn't played a single snap. Reports are coming around that he's getting closer. I know he's running routes in practice. Uh, maybe by Tennessee in a few weeks he could maybe see his first action is kind of what some people were thinking. Um, but you touched on it. I mean, we've gotten some very needed production from guys that we weren't expect coming into the season. Lad mcconkey has been really good. Adani Mitchell's been really good. Um Brock Bowers, I mean, Brock Bowers has been a godsend. He's probably been the best tight end in the country this year as a true freshman. I mean, who would have seen that coming? 
all the talk preseason camp was on Darnell Washington and what would we get from the LSU transfer, Eric Gilbert. And I mean, Eric Gilbert hasn't even suited up for us one time, hasn't been with the team since mid-August. So, I mean, if you would have told me before the Clemson game that Georgia would not have a single snap from Eric Gilbert, that Darnell Washington wouldn't play until October, that JT Daniels would have missed five of your first seven games. I mean, I would have thought that we probably would have dropped one by now, um, just judging off the teams that we've played and that we've beaten. So, I mean... Or at least that you'd have had some close contest. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a testament to just the overall depth that we have. Um, it's been a testament to the recruiting that Kirby has done since he's been at Georgia. I mean... All these number one classes, now these guys that he's been recruiting for the last three to four years, they're, they're our team at this point. His first number one class at Georgia are now seniors in this team. Um, so, I mean, the depth can't be talked about enough. Yeah, yeah and, we always had under uh, Coach Rick and then, you know, even earlier uh, in the 90s from, you know, obviously what I read, I wasn't allowed to watch it. But it seems like we had top-end talent under, like, Donnan and Goff and Rick. But – we didn't have the depth that we have now. We mm-hmm. really just, I mean, all these number one recruiting classes, these five stars and four stars, we have like threes and, three and four stars that are backups, third mm-hmm. string. Yeah. Uh, and it's amazing to have that wealth of talent because when you get into these situations where your first two guys are getting hurt, you still have this amazing player that can step up. And I mean, and that shows in like Lad McConkey, Brock Bowers uh, in the wide receiving room. And then we have other backs uh, when like – if Kenny McIntosh had went to a place like Penn State, like he was, like he was supposed to, him going down would have had such a bigger effect on that program. But here, I'm not trying to say he's not important, but he's just one of our fourbacks, uh-huh. and it's just—I mean—that's been the biggest thing, the biggest change in the program that I think yeah. that Kirby's brought is that depth. Yeah, the the biggest thing that always separated us from like the Alabamas of the world and the Ohio States of the world when in years past was was the depth. I mean. Our first eleven, our first twenty-two on, or first eleven on offense and defense were arguably step for step as good as most teams around the country. But when I mean, we would play these elite matchups and we would get to the Alabama game every year, I mean, where they would hurt us is they were big up front and they could rotate guys three platoons deep. And I mean, that's the level that Georgia's reached. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen just the sheer size that we have have on offensive and defensive line. I mean, we rotate guys in and out. I mean, I don't think – I'd be shocked if a single guy on the team has played more than 200 snaps this season. I mean, it's just – it's very, very impressive when you watch us rotate guys in week every single Saturday. Yeah, I mean, and so you were wanting to, you know, get an idea of, you know, our thoughts on the season so far. Mm. I mean, we'd be remiss not to bring up the defense. Mm-hmm. It's just – been historical we've touched on it on past uh, episodes I know you've also touched on it with Derek and Ryan but it's just been like I said historic I mean the 2011 Bama defense is always shown to be the model of Mm -hmm. greatness and so far in this season to this point we're eclipsing that standard Mm -hmm. Uh, like living up to it and then some I mean they were allowed uh, like allowing over 11 points per game I say like uh, like above, like that's some like huge number, but and we're averaging, I think, after uh, the game two weeks ago against Auburn, is it six, like point mm-hmm. four? I mean, the next closest team, I, I believe, is Michigan, yeah, uh, at like over 10. We've allowed five touchdowns on the year, 
next closest is Penn State at nine. Yeah. So we're almost like half of these teams that are in second place. Linebacking core, been incredible. Nakobe, uh, Nolan, Tyndall, fly to the ball. I mean, we know our defensive line. That's what gets all the talk, especially Jordan Davis. But, I mean, Jalen Carter and Devontae White are really just as good as Jordan Davis. They might not be the physical specimens that Jordan Davis is, mm-hmm. but it would not be shocking at all if they have a just as successful college career and just as successful pro career as Jordan mm-hmm. Davis. And then we were so nervous about our secondary coming into the year, and they've performed – like admirably, and you know that may have something to do with how good our D line is and the pressure we've been able to put on the QBs, and even mm-hmm. the quality of QB that we've played so far. We haven't necessarily played an elite QB yet. We've played some good offenses, but not an elite QB. Probably the best QB is Bo Nix yeah. uh, to this point. But I mean, Keely Ringo has played incredible, and uh, Darion has been, I mean, everything that we were hoping that he would be. And then if you'd have told me that Taiki was not going to play but a couple of snaps in one game, I would have been so worried about it. But Breeny has been just mm-hmm. up to a whole new caliber. So, I mean, there's not been a weak point on the defense. And we just also shuffle in guys, and it's, there's no drop-off whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the defense has been incredible. The season to this point has been incredible. And, I mean, when we just looking at the recruiting week that we had last week, I mean, Kirby Smart didn't take a day off in the bye week. I mean, he – took the bye week to hit the recruiting trail hard, and it showed. I mean, obviously, we talk about our defense um, now, but just looking at, I mean, last week we picked up two five-star defensive linemen uh, commits in Michael Williams and Bear Alexander. Obviously, Bear Alexander, the recommit, um, rejoining the fold. I mean, it's just at this point in his tenure, at this point in where we're at as a program, it's no longer rebuilding when we ha- when we have a year like, this like we're having this year i mean we're going to be at the top for a long time i mean we're at, we're number one recruiting class right now in every single major recruiting ranking rivals 24 7 and espn um it's been unbelievable um amazing start to the season and i can't wait to see how it transpires and continues to move in the second half um starting with this saturday's matchup against florida um so with that being said i mean let's just dive right into florida Obviously, we touched on it to start the podcast a few minutes ago. Florida is our biggest rival. I don't care what people say about Tennessee. We're getting to that point where Alabama, for me, the biggest game every single year is always going to be the showdown in Jacksonville with Florida. Um, we lead the all-time series against the Gators 53-44, to which when I look at that stat, it just blows my mind that we lead the series, just judging off the sheer dominance that they had over us from, like from the, the, the mid 90s to the late 2000s i mean it's just that we had a similar run of dominance there in yeah. like the 70s and 80s so obviously these these last six to seven years has definitely been dominated by us i mean jake Fromm never lost to him aaron murray beat him three out of four times two out of three times or something like that um so i mean it's definitely in the 2010s to now it's definitely started skewing back more towards our favor um, but they did get us last year, um, completely embarrassed us last year in Jacksonville. Um, they threw the ball all over us. They were able to run the ball. I mean, the score was... They had four- explosive plays all over us. Yeah. And it was, what was frustrating about it was it was... <laughs> there's been so many jokes about it. <laughs> the reoccurring wheel route is just... Yeah. I feel like they scored three touchdowns off of that in the game, and they at least had very explosive plays off of it. Um, 
And it was also embarrassing. I feel like we, we got up to like that quick 14 nothing lead and just to see them like absolutely storm back, take all the momentum. And then, I mean, you felt like we maybe had some outside shot there in the fourth quarter, but really they had it in control. I yeah. mean, there was never – once in the fourth quarter, they there was really no chance that we were going to win. Yeah. I mean, the final score last year ended up being 44-28, to 28, but, I mean, just watching the game – it was a much wider margin than that. We um, were decimated by injury, yeah. especially on defense. Um, yeah, when we Jordan Davis didn't play, um, Lewis Seen got ejected in the second quarter. That was a game that Stetson got hurt. Dwan came in and did just as poorly as what he had done in the Arkansas game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, not a, a great game from the uh, QB perspective either. That was definitely Stetson's, I would say, worst game uh, at Georgia. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was the final start um, that Stetson made last year. Obviously, after this game last year was when we finally turned the keys and handed handed the program over to JT Daniels. Um, So, speaking of JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett, I think it's a good segue into my next question for you. Um, Obviously, JT hasn't played in the last three games, um, coming off a bye week. In your opinion, who do you think is going to start under center on Saturday against Florida? I would say it's going to be Stetson. I feel like the coaching staff believes in Stetson, and they think that he can get the job done. And I mean, I feel like that's been apparent from just the way that Kirby talked about Stetson last year and the way he's answered questions this year. Uh, I think the coaching staff has a higher view of Stetson than what uh, the fans of our program do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, I mean, I think Stetson is a really good QB, and I think, in my opinion, he would be the best backup QB in the country because I – I do think that Stetson or that JT is the better quarterback. Uh, I think you have uh, more routes available to him. I think he's a more accurate QB. I think he has a stronger arm. I think uh, he's better pre-snap. Not saying Stetson's bad. I just think JT's better at that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he does a better job at uh, getting playmakers involved. Um, But with what Stetson's done this year and the belief. That the coaching staff has in him, I think he's going to have to do something to lose the starting spot. Because yeah. I don't know how easy it'll be for JT just to take it from him in practice at this point. Although, I mean, the way Kirby talks, it seems as though we may see uh, some sort of like rotation, like one QB getting three series and the next QB getting some series. He says that it won't have any effect on the chemistry of the offense, that, you know, uh, they don't care who's back there. I mean, I feel like a little bit of that is coach speak, yeah. Uh, because they do offer two different skill sets. You know, Stetson is more mobile. He's not the Michael Vick that it feels like some fans and uh, people try to say that he is. I mean, he's definitely more mobile than JT. But uh, I mean, don't confuse him for Lamar Jackson back there. Yeah. I mean, he, he's going to be able to take some RPOs uh, that JT. I mean, we would never probably run an RPO with JT back there. But mm. I just don't know how much of a difference his mobility actually makes yeah no I agree um for me when I look at who I think is going to start at quarterback on Saturday I really I go back and forth with it I I do think Stetson's going to take the first snap I do think Stetson will come out first with the offense but I think like you said I think they're both going to play I do think ultimately JT takes the job back over I think I just think that the offense can be taken to a whole other level with JT under center. His arm strength, you talked about it with his pre-snap reads. 
He knows where to go with the ball before the, before the ball's even snapped. I just think that that aspect of his game can give us more of an edge than what Stetson can running the ball. And, I mean, it's, it should be noted, it's not like we don't think Stetson's good. I think Stetson is really good. And under almost any other circumstances, I would want him to be our starting QB. It's hmm. just that I think JT is better. Yeah. I mean, it's not that it's not like I think he's bad. I think he's really good. I just think JT's slightly better. Honestly, like uh, the way Stetson has played during this stretch, than any stretch that Jake Fromm played for us, uh, like multi-game stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that, I'd I'd put it up there with uh, Jake's like late season stretch there in what I believe was the 2019 season. Uh, leading into that SEC championship game against Bama, he did have a really good stretch there. But I just I think JT is the most talented QB we've had here in quite some time. Yeah, and I don't want to waste it. Yeah, I agree. And I do think the bye week kind of being thrown in there last week gave I mean gave the coaching staff a legit chance to really just see how JT has been. I mean they from all accounts in practice this week they really have split. Snaps 50-50 down the middle. Um, guys just genuinely don't know who's starting yet. Well, let me ask you this. How fast would JT get the job if he grew the mustache back? <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> like, how much would that increase his, <laughs> his odds? I do think it would be pretty quickly. And I want to know, did he have the mustache all of last year, or was it very soon after he grew the mustache that the coaching staff started looking at him in a different way, like, hey, that knee looks healthy now. Let's put him out there. <laughs> Because I feel like, I mean, can't argue with the results of what he did last year with the mustache. He no. didn't have a very strong game with Clemson with it shaved. Came back against Vandy, but, I mean, that's Vandy. Grow the mustache back. Get your start position back. Go ball out. <laughs> but, yeah, but like I said, I think I do think Stetson runs out there for the first snap. But, ultimately, I think over these next few games, especially next week against Missouri, the following week against Tennessee, I do think it's going to be slowly implemented back into what we thought preseason would be with JT as our starter. I mean, I, I'm like you said, I'm so grateful for Stetson. I'm glad that he's been our starting quarterback over these last three weeks. Where would we be if we still had Dewan Mathis? If he was our quarterback right now and not Stetson? What would be third in the East. What would it have looked like if Carson Beck was our quarterback or if we had to play a true Fourth freshman in Brock Vandergriff? I mean, Stetson has come in, steadied the ship, and just steered us to a 7-0 and record. He, I mean, he was chosen for the Davey O'Brien yeah. semifinalist list today. He was on, like, he's on the award for the best quarterback in the country. So it, it, I don't ever want to sound like Ungrateful. I'm not yeah. grateful for what Stetson has done. It just... Just I just know yeah. I just know where we can go with JT as our quarterback. It's like when LeBron James fans get offended when you say like, "Yeah, he's the greatest. He's the second greatest player of all time," and it's like supposed to be some big insult. It's like, no, I just think Michael Jordan's better. It's like, hey, don't think Stetson's bad. Just think JT's better. No offense yeah. to Stetson. Love the dude. Seems like an awesome guy. Love what he's doing with his NIL. Love what he's doing on the field. I just think another guy's just slightly better. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, Kirby Smart will make the final decision. I do think we'll be okay with whatever he chooses. Um, but and Part of it might just be, you know, it didn't live up to our preseason expectations. I was going to sleep every night thinking about, you know, 
like having dreams of JT throwing these deep balls to Jermaine Burton. And reality has been Stetson throwing these dimes to Lad McConkey. Yeah. And it's been just as beautiful. It's just not the names that I expected. And maybe yeah. it's, I just needed to adjust those expectations. Absolutely. But like I said, we'll be, I think we'll be fine this Saturday, especially with whoever we jog out there. So just looking forward to just the dogs teeing it up again. I hate bye weeks. Yeah. I, I hate waiting, having to wait two weeks. So obviously. I mean, I, like you said, I do think I think we could roll Carson back out there this year and beat Florida. I do not think that Florida is a very good team. Uh, they are still getting, you know, the hype that a blue blood program gets, but really nothing on their resume. The best thing on their resume is a close loss to Alabama, mm-hmm. and it's never good when you're the best thing on your resume is a close loss. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that Bama is a much improved team since then. Um, and I think some of the t- things that Florida was able to do on the edge of Bama's defense, uh, there is absolutely zero chance that they will be able to do on the edge of our defense yeah. with the way that our linebackers yeah. seem around. I mean, when you look Bama's at- front seven is supposed to be good, but it's just uh, – there's, yeah. there's levels. Yeah. I mean, you look at what Florida was successful doing against Alabama. They were successful running the ball between the tackles, getting the ball out on the edge – and exploiting um, just some poor tackling on Alabama's part. And just when you look at our defense, like, you are not running the ball on us. Florida is a one-dimensional offense. They That dimension is very good. They are the fourth-best rushing team in the Mm -hmm. entire country Mm -hmm. uh, in yards per game. And both of their QBs, no matter if they play Emory or Richardson, both of them, they're different types of runners, but they're both phenomenal runners. Richardson, personally, you know, I think is the scarier matchup. I think uh, he'll be the starter on Saturday. But either way, neither neither one of them really blow you away in the passing game. Both of them are yeah. better runners than they are passers. They have three running backs who average over five yards per carry. Mm-hmm. There is no chance against our defense. No. We just led the SEC's leading rusher to how many yards was it? 31 or something like that? Yeah. In, um, I mean, I don't even, I don't even know Kentucky. if it was that. It was, might have been... I really don't. I can't remember. Um, it was low. Uh, they do make a ton of explosive plays, and I do think that we could be prone to that. But I think Florida, like I was saying to start off, they are really just a big name now, just in that, just in name, because they're unranked. Mm-hmm. They have three losses. They've lost to Bama, Kentucky, and LSU. LSU is not a good program. They lost to Kentucky, who we blew out. I know that's Derek's whole like little triangle theory. Yeah. And I know that doesn't always work. But I think in this scenario it does. <laughs> I mean, they uh, were outcoached in the Kentucky game because they outgained them. Mullen tried to you know dispute that he was outcoached by showing how much they uh, outgained Kentucky <laughs> when really I think that shows, hey, my players played better than theirs, but I actually got outcoached because if you outgain somebody, you should win the game. Yeah. But – Kentucky was better in every other facet. And we absolutely – that game against Kentucky for us was in the bag by the se- by the second quarter. I know it was only 14-7, to 7, but once we got up, you just knew that yeah. they're not going to be able to ha- – they had a flawless drive to get that first touchdown. Mm-hmm. And it was a thing of beauty, but you just – you would have to know, like, they just can't duplicate that yeah. three more times. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I do think, for me, the just 
with looking at the game this Saturday, I think we're kind of so far this year we've been playing a very lax box. I think we know that we've been hurt in our secondary. We had a weaker, younger secondary. This Saturday, I don't think that's the case. I think you're going to see Georgia put seven guys. They're going to put eight guys in the box, and we're going to dare Florida throw it. I think we're going to force Anthony Richardson. We're going to force Emory Jones, whichever quarterback they choose. We're going to force them to throw the ball to beat us. And both of them are turnover prone. I mean, Emory on the year has ten touchdowns to nine interceptions. You look at their turnover margin. Yeah. They are one of the worst teams in the entire country. They're 122nd. They are minus seven. On and the Anthony year. Richardson, I mean, in fewer passing attempts, he doesn't have as big of a sample size. He's also thrown three interceptions. So. Yeah, they are not very careful uh, with the ball. Uh, th- I mean, they've only fumbled once. Mm-hmm. But I think they have 12, yeah, interceptions on the year. Uh, and they're not very good on the other side of forcing turnovers. No. Whereas we are. I just, you know, I look at – Florida's team, I think Auburn uh, should kind of be our measuring stick. I think they're the best team that we've played so far. I do not think that Florida is anywhere close to the uh, level of team that Auburn is. I think Auburn is a much more complete team because I think they can get, get get it done on either facet on offense and that they have much better defense than Florida does. Florida has very middling defense. Yeah, uh, very, very bad tackling. Like, there's only a few stats that you can find where they're in the top – 50 in the mm-hmm. country. Uh, they're number 36 in first down defense, so in just preventing their the opposing team from getting first downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 32nd in scoring defense and 38 in total defense. Yeah. So not elite numbers by any means, and uh, you compare that to us, and it's hard to find a stat that we're not top five in. Mm-hmm. And especially the ones that matter, uh, like total defense – we're far and away first, and scoring defense, we're far and away first. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they would pride themselves on being a much better offensive team than we are. And we actually average more points per game than they do. Yeah. And then special teams, I think we're both good programs, but I do think we're slightly better. Uh, I think we're deeper. I think we're less likely to commit turnovers. I think we're more disciplined than they are. I can't find a single facet where they're better than us. And I don't think it's really that close. And I know... Typically, I would be so scared of this game, but I really think this is going to be a blowout. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, it's been it's been very talked about over the last few weeks. Just Dan Mullen's just been very criticized about the way he recruits. Um, obviously, they're not very high in the rankings this year, um, and that's where we've kind of built our team and when you look at the two teams and when you watch us run out on the field on Saturday we're going to be significantly big, bigger um, kind of the X factor that people talk about is it, Dan Mullen is always used as an X factor because he's such a good um, X's and O's coach he can scheme guys open he's very smart on offense um, but a, a really good quote I like I heard in a podcast I was listening to this week X's and O's only get you so far when you're playing against Jimmy's and Joe's. I mean, that's that's the guys that we've got on our side. I mean, when you've got just monsters that we've got on our line, and Kirby Smart, I mean, he's a pretty good X's and O's coach too. So I mean, yeah, you don't get that type of. Unfortunately, you only get uh, praise as a good X's and O's coach when your offenses are elite. Mm-hmm. Even though you know it's just as much X's and O's on defense yeah. and. Kirby's a much better defensive coach than yeah. Dan Mullen is offensive coach. Yeah, uh, I mean, and you always also hear that 
Dan uh, is a much better. Uh, in, he he just gets more out of his players mm-hmm. than Kirby does. And let's say that he's getting all these three stars. Yeah. And he's making them 10% better. And then Kirby's getting all these five stars, and he's making them 1% better. At the end of the day, those five stars, you still have a much better roster with them than mm-hmm. you do with those three stars who are coached up 10 more percent. Yeah. But I actually, I mean, also don't think that's true. I mean, people like to say that Kirby doesn't uh, make our players better, but they're really, they've only looked at offense, and I think we've made our offensive players better too, but... On the defensive side of the ball, there's a reason why we are playing at such a historic pace. Yeah, I mean, we've got talented guys who are coached extremely well. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Davis was the 400 best player in the country coming out of high school. Was a three-star recruit. Eric Stokes, he was a three-star recruit. He got drafted in the first round last year. Yeah, and he's making plays. Latavius Brini, playing like an All-American at star, three-star recruit. I mean, we develop, we we recruit five-star athletes that are absolute studs. And we develop our three-star athletes, turning them into studs. I mean, we find the diamonds in the rough. I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't see how this game's going to be close. They're, they're really, they're a really, really bad tackling team in space. They can't. They struggled, struggled, struggled stopping the run against LSU. LSU is the 12th best rushing attack in the SEC, only ahead, ahead of Vanderbilt and Mississippi State, who runs the air raid and maybe runs it four times a game. And they gave up 321 yards on the ground to LSU. Yeah, uh, it's just, I mean, it has nothing to do with me thinking that we have some, you know, absolutely elite offense. I just, I don't see how they're going to score on us when their biggest strength is the thing that our defense was tailor made to absolutely shut down yeah. and has repeatedly shown that we will shut down. Yeah. I just, all their their biggest strength is running the ball, and I just do not see how they're going to run the ball on us. The opening line opened at 14 points last Saturday. I jumped all over it. I locked my bet in the second I saw it, so I could jump on it. I I I, I would be confident taking us minus 20. I mean, I don't see how they keep it close. I really do think it's going to be a blowout. Um, I think we're going to roll Florida and Jacksonville. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not typically like this. Yeah. Know, I was hesitant. In the Arkansas game, I did not pick us to cover the spread in that. Uh, I thought the Auburn game would be closer than what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought the Kentucky game might have been closer than what it was. I just think that this Florida team is worse than those three teams that I just named. That's yeah. really, I mean, that's what this comes down to. And I do think that uh, we're going to be pretty motivated after uh, the way we lost last year. And it, it was kind of humiliating. Um, yeah. They humiliated us last year in Jacksonville. They beat our butts. I I think it's going to be the complete opposite and then some this year. I don't see us, them, them keeping it close. Georgia is going to absolutely roll on Saturday, and I can't wait to watch it. But I mean, I hope they don't make us <laughs> eat our words. But, I mean, it's just yeah. uh, you, you hear a lot of people, especially like national uh, writers and uh, podcasters, uh, picking Florida with the points, and I just – it feels like they have to be either doing that because they think it's a rivalry game and, you know, you can throw out all the past, or they're just picking Florida because of their brand because it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not because of their results. They're on-field the, product. Yeah, because they've lost three out of their last five games, including uh, one to LSU, who just, like you just said, is not a phenomenal team this year. So, so that'll do it. We both got Georgia to cover and to cover big on Saturday. 
just kind of getting into the rest of the SEC game picks this week. Um, we've got Missouri playing at Vanderbilt. Missouri is favored by 16 points. This might be the two worst teams that have ever played in the SEC's history. Yeah, so, and, and honestly, I don't think I've done this all year. I'm picking Vandy. Um, I think Vandy's going to cover a 16-point spread. Definitely Vandy. I think Missouri is just as bad as Vandy, which is embarrassing because I kept talking about in the preseason how I thought Missouri was going to be in play for the second-best team uh, mm-hmm. in the East. But, whew, they have been very mm-hmm. bad. They have not beat a single Power 5 team yet, I, I believe. Yeah. Uh, they've lost against any good team they've played. Uh, they've won more games than Vandy. They've mm-hmm. just happened to play more bad teams than Vandy has. Yeah. Uh, so I think Missouri will get a win. But I, and Vandy is trending up right now, I believe, yeah. though. And uh, I think it'll be probably a, a one-score game. Yeah. So. Next up, we've got a battle on the Plains. Ole Miss traveling to Auburn. Auburn is favored by two and a half points this Saturday against the Rebels. Um Honestly, I was kind of surprised when I saw this opening line. Um, I know Ole Miss has only lost one game. It was a blowout to Alabama. Um, But Auburn has really came on strong. Um, I just – Ole Miss can really, really score points. If it comes down to can Bo Nix keep up with Matt Corral and just a point score and shootout, I think I'm going to roll with Matt Corral. Um, I'm going to take Ole Miss to cover and ultimately win the game on Saturday at Auburn. Yeah, I really struggled with this uh, for quite some time. And when I say for quite some time, I mean about two minutes. Uh, about the most thought that I give on these games when we're doing these picks. Uh, ultimately, uh, I, I feel like these teams are pretty even. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Auburn uh, to cover. And really it was two things. I think Auburn is a more complete team. Uh, I think they have a better defense than Ole Miss, and I think they're a better running team than Ole Miss. Obviously, Ole Miss is a better passing team, and I think they're a better passing team by a wider margin than Auburn is in the other two categories I just mentioned. But I just think Auburn has multiple ways that they can uh, beat you. And a lot of times when I feel like these, uh, when teams are evenly matched, mm-hmm. uh, I look at who's playing at home, and then you know, you've got to think on what kind of home environment they have, and I think Auburn has one of the best home environments uh, in the entire SEC and really uh, in the country for that matter. And I think that fan bases absolutely do make a difference. I think, I mean, we would have won any of our games this year without our fans. We could have been playing in an empty stadium and we'd have still won. But I think we've actually affected the outcomes and uh, perhaps uh, the margin, uh, not by much, but, you know, we've really, you can see it on the field and Kirby talks about it. I mean, you can really mess with an offense's cadence uh, and their ability uh, to huddle and their ability to go off a hard count. I mean, mm. and I think when it's evenly contested like this, I'm just going to go with the, uh, a team that has the home field advantage. Yeah. Okay. So our final game on the docket, we've got Kentucky against Mississippi State. Kentucky is favored by minus one and a half. Um, little tidbit on this, if Mississippi State was to somehow beat Kentucky – and Georgia beats Florida on Saturday. Georgia will officially clinch the SEC East. So if Mississippi State wins, there's a chance that we can clinch the East before the month of November. So a um, little tidbit to watch there. Um, Kentucky is favored by, like I said, one and a half. Um, I am going to pick Kentucky. I think Kentucky's got a really, really good defense. We saw it against us. Kentucky does have a good running game. 
um, can hit you with some big plays in the passing game, um, unlike years past. I think Mississippi State has kind of got the benefit of playing some bad teams. They did beat A&M, but it was before A&M kind of figured things out and got it really rolling like they are now. Um, I'm going to pick Kentucky to cover. Uh, yeah, very easily. I feel like Vegas, somebody was like drunk when they made the line. It was supposed to be 11 and a half, and they accidentally missed a one. I don't understand why it's that close. Uh, I think these programs are on two different levels. Like you said, Mississippi State did beat A&M, but that's back when Calzada looked like he was a backup QB, and then he played Alabama the next week and looked like a Heisman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just two different dudes, and I don't think Mississippi State's defense had anything to do with that. I think it was more so on Calzada in his level of play. Uh, they followed up that win that they had against A&M, by the way, with an absolute demolition from Alabama. It was 49-9. to mm-hmm. It was absolutely awful. And then they blew out Vandy. I mean, but – that's not really notable. That's mm-hmm. just what you do against Vandy. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky, on the other hand, has marquee wins against like decent level programs, and uh, yeah, I really don't. I would pick Kentucky if the spread was eleven and a half, <laughs> which I think is what it was supposed to be. <laughs> so, with that being said, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Obviously. Um, Really looking forward to this Saturday's matchup against Florida. Like I said, it's one I circle every year. I really look forward to it every year. Um, but, again, we appreciate you guys listen, listening. I appreciate everyone who's been sharing this each week, listening to it every week as we put them out. Um, I'll be back with you next week to break down this the game against Florida and also look ahead to next Saturday's matchup um, against Missouri between the hedges. So, with that being said, as always, go dogs. Go dogs.